Grant, O Lord, that in all our sufferings here upon earth, for the testimony of thy truth, we may steadfastly look up to heaven and by faith behold the glory that shall be revealed. We prayed that today, and what we were praying for, in other words, we were praying for the beatific vision of St. Stephen's to be ours, for us to have a vision of God in heaven, so to speak. The beatific vision is essentially understanding with all of our senses in some way and seeing the reality of God and his heavenly realm and his um, sitting on the throne, Jesus at his right side. Now, historically, we have um, great prayer warriors, we think of, St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avalon, um, who is our anchoress? Julian of Norwich. I couldn't remember Julian. And we have these great figures in history that see this beatific vision. They, they, they see it in a way that most of us like wish we could. And then we go, well, yeah, but you know, I have to go to work. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not living in an apartment attached to the church for the rest of my life, stoned in with no door. That's an anchorite or an anchoress. Sound like fun? Um, all they had time for was prayer. And so we make our excuses and we go on our way. I'm sure that when we pray for the beatific vision of St. Stephen to be ours in our collect today, our prayer today, we do not warmly imagine that beatific vision to happen immediately prior to an ugly mob death. And indeed, most of the saints that we remember as great prayer warriors, that didn't happen to them. And primarily that's because we read their writings and they write their writings as they're going through this prayer life and this spiritual journey. Um, my guess would be that many martyrs probably do have such a vision, but they don't have time to write it down. See, that's the problem. <clears throat> but if it is our lot to be persecuted or even martyred for the faith, may the Holy Ghost sustain us and give us the strength to endure as he did for St. Stephen. One of my fellow priests in our church, Father Charles Erlinson, he serves at a Good Shepherd Church and School in Tyler, Texas. He defines Christian spirituality as the life of Jesus Christ communicated to the body by the Spirit of Christ. So Christian spirituality is the life of Jesus communicated to the body by the Spirit of Christ. He continues, This biblically-based definition of spirituality means that Christian spirituality is necessarily an ecclesial spirituality. It is primarily the corporate spirituality of the church since the church is the body of Christ into which we are baptized. Spirituality in this sense is not just another flavor, preference, or option for individual Christians, but is the totality of life in Christ as incarnated into our actual lives every day. He notes a bit later in this article 
that the most important thing to remember about Anglican spirituality as a subspecies, if you will, of Christian spirituality is this. Anglican spirituality is prayer book spirituality. And we all have prayer books in our hands right now because we are doing corporate worship. And as that prayer book guides and shapes us as individual believers, it guides and shapes all of us in the same way. The Book of Common Prayer gives us a rule of life to follow. It is a beautiful liturgical rite for the Holy Communion. It also gives us a daily pattern of prayer to follow that is also very beautiful and practical. And it is a, a sort of a strange phrase perhaps, but it is an on-ramp to the devotional freeway of your prayer life that is rich and full. In fact, the prayer book can also provide much material for a devotional prayer life. So we have the threefold pattern of prayer, Mass or Communion or Eucharist or the Lord's Supper, the Divine Liturgy, that's all five names. So Mass, Office, morning and evening prayer every day, and Devotion, which is that... uh, private individual prayer life that we have, which again, shaped by the Book of Common Prayer, is actually not terribly different for most people. Yeah, you struggle with this sin, so you pray in this way. I struggle with this sin, so I pray in this way. Um, But there's a lot of commonality, even in our devotional prayer life. So the threefold pattern of prayer, I'll use this example again. You've heard it before, but our prayer life is like a fence And you have to put posts into the ground to hold up any boards, right? So you drive the posts deep into the ground, as deep and solid as you can. That is the Holy Communion. That is coming to God and receiving the blessing and the grace in the Holy Communion. And then you have boards put across. And those boards up here, you know, you want to keep your horses in or your cattle in or bears out. Now the bears would just go right through it. But anyways, boards across from post to post, two of them at least, and that's morning and evening prayer. That's the daily office that connects us from one uh, liturgy, uh, divine liturgy to the next, one Holy Communion to the next. And then on top of that, down in the city, you'd put pickets, right? But up here, you'd put chicken wire. And that hangs on the boards that hangs on those two boards going from post to post. And that's our devotional prayer life. As a child, I thought that my devotional prayer life was the most important. Um, And I've always actually had trouble with it until I learned this pattern that my devotional prayer life is built upon my daily office prayer life and my Sunday and feast day Eucharistic prayer life. And so without the Eucharist, without the daily prayers of the church, uh, which the church has been doing from the time of Moses... And in the New Testament time period, we know that the church gathered at dawn and dusk to pray every day. And we know that without those things, the chicken wire is not going to stay up. It's just going to fall right over. And that's kind of what happened to my devotional prayer life as a child and a teenager. So the threefold pattern of prayer, mass, office, and devotion are provided for the Anglican Christian to use and to move forward in his spiritual life. Erlison also notes that the goal of Anglican catechesis and the threefold rule of prayer is habitual recollection, which I take, he says, to be equivalent 
to praying without ceasing and practicing the presence of God. St. Paul says pray without ceasing, and I remember for many decades going, how in the world does that work? Because I'm definitely not anywhere close to that. When we start to build that prayer life that I've been talking about, then, we, then our, in our devotional prayer life, we start to develop habits of praying at certain times of the day, praying when something happens, praying uh, when you meet someone. I mean, this is, this is what we're aiming at. Um, if you've gotten really, really good at it, talk to me after church, because I'm not very good at it at all. Martin Thornton uses the, uses the term homely Homely divinity, homely life, just uses the term homely all the time in his book, English Spirituality. And he uses it to refer to Anglican spirituality all over the place. Homely, for Martin Thornton, does not mean ugly as it does today in North America. But in the British sense, it still has this sense um, of simple but yet comfortable. That's the way that he's using homely. As Father John Keeble would put it in one of his poems used as a morning hymn in our hymnal, the trivial round, just doing the same thing over and over again, the common task, washing dishes, changing diapers. The trivial round, the common task, would furnish all we ought to ask, room to deny ourselves, a road to bring us daily nearer God. So yes, for many Christians, even today, the beatific vision by the grace of the Holy Ghost will enable them to endure a martyr's death. But the way of life set out in our tradition is to pursue the beatific vision each and every day by the common and normal means at our disposal. Our work, our prayer life, our worship, yes, our hobbies, our home life, family, time with friends, fishing, hunting, you name it. This is the way that God has given us to find that beatific vision and to move forward in our spiritual journey. As Father Erlinson puts it, this habitual recollection of the common everyday life lived is, I believe, a temporal way of participating in the beatific vision that is the end of the life to come. Amen.